what then are we to say about these things? If God is for us, who is against us? He did not withhold his own son, but gave him up for all of us. Will he not, with him, also give us everything else? Who will bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? It is Christ Jesus who died, yes, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed intercedes for us. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will hardship or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. <laughs> Familiar words, but uh, still worth taking in, eh? My brother um, was away recently on holiday. He travelled down to Cornwall, as um, many people, I think, have done uh, this year. Uh, he had a good time. He reminded um, me that or us as a family, that's where we used to go for our family holidays. Um, he took great joy as ever in reminding me us of the day when a seagull um, swooped down on me, was a bit friendly and um, gave me a little bit as a present as, as it went by. It's amazing what older brothers will hold in mind for you. Uh, he also reminded me of the fact that, uh, that how much um, I would take uh, the family to the cathedrals. Since I was a little, I loved cathedrals. And um, it was slightly, apparently, so feedback is now, but slightly confusing for them, because I loved uh, cathedrals and discos. Um, to be honest, not a lot has changed, but, uh, I, but I used to love going into a cathedral, an abbey, and, and particularly looking at the, the, the stained glass windows and just seeing uh, the beauty in there. And I guess those are the images of my young life, um, particularly in regards to uh, the gospel stories, that very much kind of fixed images of Jesus and the stories and his life. I guess it became a little less fixed and again, go back a few years now, who remembers Robert Powell in Jesus of Nazareth? I think about 1977 um, and the BBC epic programme. Um, I can remember us watching that as a family and seeing Robert Powell's portrayal of, of Jesus. I do remember being out carol singing in um, Hampstead when a carol collector came up very excited and said, Jesus just put a pound in my, uh, in my, in my box. And, and on further inquiry, it was actually Robert Powell, but we liked the idea of Jesus putting a pound um, in, in the box. Images of Jesus. Images of Jesus' ministry. 
And over the years, I've gone back time and time and time again to those familiar gospel stories and been amazed at kind of like seeing a new truth or a new observation or a new curiosity that has expanded, often challenged, my perception of God, of myself, and of others. And in regards to Christ's baptism, that has been particularly meaningful, the times that I found myself in the story and seeing it in a different way. There are two times in particular. Um, Martin Smith, who a few years ago, um, he was um, linked to the Archbishop of Canterbury's office. He did a marvelous uh, um, book called Seasons in the Spirit. And he talked about and uh, reflected upon Christ's baptism. Now, I don't know this, but he was saying the image of, which I would have, of clear water probably wasn't true. That Jesus probably got baptised in muddy waters. And then there's the, now let me make sure I get this right, 1964 film of St Matthew's Gospel, which I've only the last couple of years actually kind of seen, um, the Italian director, and, and I haven't got my glasses on, so I can't quite see it properly. Pasolini's, Pos I think, it's St. Matthew's Gospel. And that was really um, quite staggering, I found, to watch. Because what came across as new was the masses, the people. Because as... Fair enough, at the end of Luke's Gospel, we read about the idea that the Father spoke intimately to Jesus. There was something very intimate in that moment, and the Holy Spirit came down. But before that, you hear about Luke talking about the multitudes. If you go to Mark's Gospel, you'll read about all the people of, of Judea and Jerusalem coming. There were masses of people. And so Jesus got baptised with the masses in muddy water. And the image, I guess the kind of image that, 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 take, that comes to my mind is the sense of Jesus getting lost in the masses. He was guiltless. He was innocent. He didn't have to. He could have looked on with pity. But there he was in the grime of life, getting baptized with people with their inadequacies right there with them. Now, I think I grew up with the kind of theology that, 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 that taught me that I somehow, and this feels really warped now, but somehow I had to cleanse myself before, in the words of my, the background that I was brought up with, let Jesus in. 
I think as I reflect upon Christ's baptism now, I think about how he is in my mess, in my doubts, in my anxieties, in my prejudices. Yep, <laughs> I will own them. Try not to act out on them, but sometimes they're there. Sometimes the moments when I hate makes me really uncomfortable. Those moments when I, when I guess I owe my hypocrisy. And that's where I find the God of love in me. The gospel and the, the, the God of compassion and justice in me. Bringing that sense of hope and of strength. But it's, <laughs> it's not just about the journey in, but as I have found that I've allowed Christ, if you like, to in his spirit to work in me, in my mess, and, and bring in healing, I wouldn't, I, I'd like to say that I'd like that, that he really brings a sense of order. Sometimes, yes, sometimes it comes all together. At other times, it doesn't. And yet, that God of compassion is there. And so, that sense of God taking us in ourselves to expand our capacity for others. And this is where I think there is both comfort and challenge in the readings that we heard this morning. Now, the other week in the hospice, we talked about the, the um, saying the Lord's Prayer. I, this now feels um, very remote considering the weather of today. But do you remember when it was absolutely baking hot? Um, well, we're still in full PPE going in to see patients, which is fair enough. So um, that means aprons, gloves on, and visors over the masks, sanitizing hands, etc., etc., etc. Well, I went and was with the patient and was reading the Lord's Prayer. I don't know how I did this, but I do not recommend that you do this at home. I managed to get hand sanitizer in the visor. Uh, so then as I began to sweat, the hand sanitizer was going into my eyes. Can I just say that is painful, all right? <laughs> it is extremely painful. And so as I stood there trying to read, and the patient was there, I was shouting out the words. It's one of those moments where you know, it feels as if all the dignity that you've been trained for in ministry to be sensitive, it was kind of felt like it was completely out the window. And I felt it, it to be in a, a real mess of a situation in those moments. I'd like to say, and you know, and there was a miracle at the end of all this. And perhaps there was. that in the mess, in the pain, in the uncertainty and in the confusion, there was a sense of God in Christ being there with us.
have a prayer that I say most days at the hospice. It's a chaplain's blessing. And I thought I would share it this morning. I, I, I think they're absolutely beautiful words. And the prayer says this. This work isn't all beautiful moments, nor is it laments and trauma. It's not even both or and, because this work is something greater than you, greater than us, greater than the whole of those we serve. This work is a calling and we're doing it day after day, night after night, page after page, visit after visit. We are doing the hard and holy work to which we are called. That matters. That fact matters because when we feel we do not do enough or we do not care enough or we do not do something enough, still we were there in that moment with that patient or that family giving, loving, ministering. You, me, us, holy witnesses to the divine in all of its messy humanity. Us, we did it, we are doing it, and we will do it again. When I read those words, I somehow feel as if they apply here to us at Bloomsbury. The faith journey that this congregation has been on over these last few years, I guess, and longer than that. When we're here, I find this a beautiful place of sanctuary. This is part of me grounding myself. But we are also involved in messy ministry. But I think it's there that God has called us. And I think it's there that we can find God and his love. That love that we cannot be separated from. Amen. Lord God, as we come to you, we realise that we are indeed in a messy world. We are in a world of confusion, of strife, of injustice and uncertainty. Although we have a world that is full of beautiful creation, wonderful mountains, forests and seas. Yet even in this, this latest week, we have seen the ravages of fires in Greece and in Turkey. And we do pray for those nations now. We pray for those fighting the fires, that the fires may quickly be put out. We pray for those fleeing their homes in fear and for those who've lost their homes. 
we pray that things might be settled and settled justly for those people. But we pray too that the, the longer lessons of these tragedies might be learned, that we might be better stewards of creation, that we might seek to live in a world where we're not causing the climate to change. We acknowledge that especially those who are poor, those who are vulnerable are often hit much more by these things, while those who are rich continue regardless. Help us to change our ways. Help us to remember that this earth is your creation. And as we pray for the world, we pray for those areas of the world where there is war, where there is strife, and where there is unrest. We think of Palestine and the Middle East and Israel. We think of Afghanistan, of Syria, of the difficulties in Zimbabwe. Lord God, we pray for peace. We pray that those in power might get together and seek new ways of living together, that fairness might prevail, that people might find ways to live peacefully alongside one another. We pray against competitive forms of nationalism, of people asserting their identity at the cost of others. Help us all to see the part we play in this world. That we might embrace those who are different, those who are from other countries. That we might remember that we are all children of God. We pray for the church here in Bloomsbury. We pray for our brother Lance as he prepares to get baptised next week. May that be a great blessing and encouragement to him in his spiritual life. We pray for the leadership of the church as, as we move forward with various changes. We pray that in all things we might remember that we are a community of Christians together. We might remember that we are here to proclaim the Lord's name, to show people that we have a hope and to show by words and deeds in the local community that there is a God who loves them. And so our Lord, we pray for ourselves We have different needs, different concerns. Some of us are at uncertain places in our lives where we do not know the way ahead. For others, life is a time of sorrow. For others, there are health concerns and worries and loved ones. In a moment of silence, let's bring before God those we love and our own deep concerns and sorrows.
Lord God, you don't just hear the prayers that we speak, but you hear those uh, yearnings and urges of our hearts. Be with each one of us, we pray. Comfort those who mourn. Strengthen those who doubt. Grant joy to those who see no joy. Help each one of us to go forth this morning, knowing that our God is with us, that in all things he will not leave us. Spark alive the hope we have, and may that hope shape the way we speak to others around us, the way we deal with people, and the way we think this week and always. Help us, we pray. Thank you for your goodness, your kindness, and your love. In Jesus' name, amen.